Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the program that enables and encourages you to make the changes you need to make a true difference in our world. Your host is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Our hope is that by hearing from people who have stood out and made a positive change in their community, their lives, and their world, you'll feel the need to do the same. Now, here is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hello and welcome to Counterbalance Conversations. I'm Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, and today we are here with Stacy Phillips. She's going to be talking to us about seven steps to financial preparedness. Stacy has been working in the financial industry for or since 2009. Prior to that, Stacy has worked as an educator for the Clark County School District, received her master's degree in higher education. When Stacy was in her late 20s, she realized she knew very little about money, and she went on a quest to learn more. She noticed financial literacy really wasn't being taught, and it seemed that most companies only wanted to help the wealthy with how money works. At that moment, she decided to use her education background and dedicate her career to providing financial literacy to all that want to learn. When Stacy is not working, she loves volunteering with the Special Olympics and spending time with family and friends. And welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's so great to see you. I know. Good evening. So good to see you as well. And um, so you are going to talk to us tonight about the, you know, seven steps or the seven pillars that we need to have in place for financial security and financial preparedness. Um, tell me about more about how you transitioned into the financial literacy industry, why you're so passionate about it. We, we learned a little bit in your bio, but tell me a little bit more about and the audience about how you got into financial literacy and why you're so passionate. Oh, sure. Well, first off, just want to say thank you for having me on your show and to Voice America and Counterbounce Conversations. And also, I'm excited for you, Melissa. I know you've made some leaps uh, this last year and uh, kind of leaving corporate America to pursue your passions and really make sure you're making a difference for others. And I've really enjoyed listening into a lot of the, the counterbalance conversations these last couple months and gained a ton of value myself. Um, looking forward to next week one on grief. And, and um, so thank you for having me on. So yeah, I'll share a little bit about my story with you and why, how I ended up in the financial arena. Yeah. Uh, but really, I grew up uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have uh -huh. amazing parents, an older brother. I was born in the 80s. So we spent, you know, a lot of time outdoors. Great, great time to be, you know, a, a kid and uh, just feel blessed. Uh, again, close family, amazing friends. And, um, you know, back when I was a kid, there was there was definitely probably a couple experiences and some people that kind of shaped, you know, my future career decisions in life. And uh, one of those was uh, the movie Backdraft, uh, yeah. which was a fire movie. I don't know if you, did you ever see that movie? I did. I loved that movie. That was, it was such a great film. Yeah. And I just, I loved like the brotherhood of, you know, like the brotherhood, you go, we go mentality and just an incredible film. And the second was uh, Mr. Kissel and Miss Alford were two educators I had in school and man, they made such a difference in my life. And so when I was thinking of where I wanted, you know, what I kind of wanted to do when I grow up and, and uh, kind of what, you know, kind of passions I wanted to pursue. And so in college, I ended up going into education, mm -hmm. uh, but always kind of still had that desire in the back of my mind uh, to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of pursue fire as well. Uh, but that was more of the pipe dream. It seemed kind of unattainable 
you know, kind of more unattainable, but, um, you know, I, uh, during school, I decided, you know, I didn't want to, to wake up and, you know, be 60 and say, man, what if I gave it a shot? And so during grad school, any extra time I had out outside of class, I was usually in the gym kind of getting prepared for that. And, uh, when I graduated, I went ahead and pursued, um, fire and was, I tested for what was called the Truckee Meadows Community College Fire Academy. And what it was is it was a 14 week academy where you could get all your fire certifications. And then that helped you kind of get, um, mm -hmm. Uh, picked up because it's, you know, competitive field. Uh, but I graduated in 2008. And I don't know if you remember that time in 2008, 2009. I don't know if uh, I think a lot of people do, right? <laughs> Maybe financially, especially, right? Right. Um, but a lot of the departments uh, were, uh, they were on hiring freezes. And so I was on a lot of different wait lists. Uh, I was able to get a job kind of doing some EMS uh, working uh, in on like racetracks and stuff like that. Um mm -hmm but it was mostly on the weekends. I couldn't quite, you know, find something in fire. So I started teaching and around that time, you know, I realized in my kind of late twenties, I, I knew nothing about money. I had, you know, student loan debt and, and, um, just was trying to think of how I was going to get out of it. And, and, um, so I, I realized I kind of pursued finances just as a, as a way to figure out for myself, how money worked. And then I realized a lot of this information wasn't all that complicated, but it just, you know, wasn't out there. And I was, you know, I questioned, you know, I had degrees in college, but I was like, you know, I was never required to take a finance class, you know, you have to require to take a lot of things, but the things that I felt like were most important, you know, I didn't, this just wasn't being taught. And so at that moment, that kind of um, made me passionate about the industry. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that is so impressive. It's no small feat to accomplish you know, the, the goals that you did with going into the fire, as well as, um, even doing your master's degree in education at that young of an age is pretty amazing. And so this really is driving you to that, that passion project for you. Um, as a financial educator previously myself, I agree that there is not a lot of, uh, financial education, that's even happening today. I mean, we do have mm -hmm. some organizations uh, such as Junior Achievement that are doing some of those um, those things. Um, they are doing some of the education in high school, but there is not a comprehensive uh, financial education in the high school system or any place um, unless it's a special interest from a specific school or a teacher uh, who says this is really in need. So you saw that need even back then, and we're still struggling with that now. I see that even with my clients. Oh, absolutely. And, and you couldn't be more spot on that. You know, as a, as an educator, I, I did see that lack of financial education. And what I realized about it is it's really a root cause of so many problems people face in life. You know, yeah. here in the U.S., you know, we have all these opportunities, but so many people are drowning in debt. Uh, mm -hmm. People are feeling suicidal over their financial situation. You know, we have marriages ending over financial fights. Yeah. And then what's happening with that is it's, you know, breaking up homes. And then that cycle continues from one generation to the next. And, you know, then we live in this culture, right? And they're like, Shh, you know, let's let's not talk about money. And a part of me thinks that that's a little bit by design, that we're not educating people. And, it, um, you know, and for me, that's kind of my, my niche. It's like, how do we have these conversations? It's uh, so much is at 
stake for families. And, um, you know, and I, I feel blessed to be in an industry where we get to, to work with families and figure out, you know, whatever they're, they could have, you know, from their past, maybe poor decisions, right. Or just not knowing any better. Uh, but then we get to kind of change that. And, uh, you know, right. I do believe people can change and it starts, but it starts with us first, right. And then our families, and then we can go make a difference in our community. And that's, that's one thing I really love about what your show is all about. Yeah. So, and that's what I want to do. I want people to understand that they do have uh, options and I want to bring that conversation to the table. So uh, why don't we just kind of jump right in? Because I think both of us have been in this position of, you know, the uh, kind of the debt cycle, uh, which you're going to talk a little bit about. And also Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're a millennial or you're in the younger generations, you know, 20s or 30s now, and you're just starting to uh, make the money and put the money away, or maybe just now going, oh, maybe I need to think about saving and investing and being prepared. Or if you're at the ages that we are and going, am I, are my assets protected the way that they need to be? Uh, you're going to talk to us about all of those things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad you said that too, because again, uh, listener wise or just where, you know, people in their twenties or forties or sixties, there's a, there's a lot of different things that are going through their minds uh, depending mm-hmm. on what age they're in. Right. And so yes. um, do my best to cover I'm going to be going over seven different money milestones, but it really is for whatever age group and and depending on where you're at in your life, a few of these, hopefully you've already been able to check off. And if you're new to this and and you're Mm -hmm. starting from scratch, great. Now you'll have kind of a list of seven things to kind of tackle and um, achieve. So, um, so yeah, yeah, really, as I go over these kind of seven money milestones, really want you to think of as kind of like a roadmap uh, to help you kind of where you're at now to really where you want to be. And as far as having um, complete financial security and really one step at a time in these. And so uh, the, the seven money milestones are from a book and I'll, I'll, I'll show it as well for anyone that's on Facebook, but it's um, yeah. how money works. Stop being and a I own one too. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, I sent one, a copy to you. I love this book. Um, it's by Tom Matthews and Steve Siebel, two amazing individuals I have the pleasure of working with and so excited for what they've done with this book. It's it's written in a way that about a seventh grade level and above can understand it. It's it's you know they did that by design so everyone uh, can kind of learn from it. Um, and the other thing is they they have uh, recently got it out in Spanish and so they're they're in the process of getting it out in a bunch of different languages too, which is just amazing. And so you know, but but one thing I want to mention is you know let's let's be real for a second. You know, most good things don't come easy. And right. so, you know, in my opinion, uh, one of the hardest things people do in their life is to kind of be honest with themselves on where they're at financially and take responsibility and then have the discipline and the correct habits to start achieving these, you know, goals. And so, so I'm going to bring you the information, but uh, know that you have, you're the one that has to, in essence, do the hard work, right? And so, uh, and, and know that there's going to be setbacks in life, right? Things don't always go as perfectly planned, right? It, uh, but think about the end result. And I think that that's the key is, is really helping you kind of keep going with that. Uh, cause it isn't easy. And so, uh, and then the other thing also, before I go over the seven, I just want you guys to know that completing all the, mo- like the milestones is more important than completing them in order. Uh, but there are a couple I would suggest having, uh, in place earlier. So I'll mention those as I kind of go, go through. So, 
All right, let's, let's go, ahead and go through the first one. So the number one uh, money milestone is get a financial education. Uh, so if you're, if you're tuning in, props to you because you're already knocking out number one. Uh, but, you know, I believe money has a direct impact like on our well-being, our health. And so by taking the time to learn about money really equips you to make better decisions in your life, uh, usually causes less stress and anxiety and just overall better, you know, better health. And mm -hmm. so I would challenge you guys to do some homework, um, you know, and find out what kind of maybe return you're getting on your savings account in the bank. A lot of times people uh, pay attention to that. Sometimes sometimes they don't. Maybe find out, uh, call your HR department, maybe find out if you have a 401k through work, uh, maybe what the match is. Um, and then also make sure you find a you know, licensed financial uh, professional you trust to help you make, you know, decisions and uh, really help you in your future. And I understand a lot of uh, a lot of this information can sometimes be overwhelm like overwhelming, but education can really help remove you from that feeling of maybe being like paralyzed or stuck. So that would be my first kind of major tip is uh, spend some time getting a financial education. So from the financial education standpoint, Stacey, um, in different areas, don't they normally have the community college may have a personal finance um, or they could contact you if they need a little more education or, you know, even sometimes there are nonprofits that are, um, I, I know in our area there for a while we were doing um, this through United Way. So a lot of times there's uh, nonprofits around town that are doing uh, financial education classes that are not that are low cost or no cost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. I mean, anything you can find, yeah, through the community. Uh, like I said, pick up a book, um, find you know just different resources out there, and um, to to really start learning. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely. So once you get the financial education, what should they do? So second money milestone I would recommend is proper protection. And so it's important to make sure life insurance is one of the first milestones to complete. And I'll, I'll kind of tell you why. One is we don't know our end date, you know, so I, I hate to bring our listeners some bad news, but we're going to die, right? So at some point we're no longer going to be here. And so we could be putting these other things in place but we want to make sure that if we're no longer here, if, if whether we're bringing income to the family or maybe you're taking care of the kids or you're single, you know, taking care of all of it, you know, bills, unfortunately, don't stop when we're gone. And right. so making sure that those things, uh, you know, on top of maybe a financial, you know, burden when somebody passes, we don't want them to dealing be dealing with that on top of all the grief um, that comes with that. And so there's really two main types of insurance. There's what's called temporary, and that uh, is also referred to as term in our industry, and permanent insurance. So those are kind of the two main types, and I'll give you kind of a little bit of, of some knowledge on both of them, but term insurance usually protects your family for a set period of years. So an example would be sometimes people own what's called a 20-year term or a 30-year term, and what happens is, is if you pass during that time, the policy pays out. After that, what ends up happening is the cost of those insurances skyrocket, and a lot of times people can't keep them. So in essence, they usually uh, they cancel them after that 20 or 30 years because the price goes from very little to extremely high. And so uh, a lot of people uh, that eventually just cancel those out. 
permanent cost more because it usually has kind of more benefits to it. Uh, but as long as you pay into that policy, it doesn't expire. And so those are kind of the two main, um, you know, insurances that are out there. They both serve different purposes. Uh, some families might need one. Uh, some might need both. It just depends. So that's another topic that, you know, again, you want to meet with somebody that's licensed in the industry uh, to kind of see what's best for your family. Cause it's, it's not always the same thing, right? What could be good for somebody in their twenties, forties or sixties could be completely different, right? Depending if they have children and, and a lot of other, you know, just differences. Right. And so yes. uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, cause this is a conversation we had a few weeks back is um, a lot of times people might think, well, I have insurance their work. Right. And so right. we saw a lot of this during the pandemic. And uh, one thing I usually recommend is for people you know, first of all, you know, first of all, call your HR de department, find out exactly what you have, right? Is it a, a lot of times it's a group term. Uh, it's, it's usually either no cost or very low cost. It's usually a perk uh, that companies offer, uh, but find out exactly what it is because it, it might not be what you think it is. And it's just good to know what you have, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then outside that, I always recommend having an outside policy as well, because we don't know when our health can change. And we don't know when we might depart services from our employer. And some companies have what's called portability and some don't. And so we just don't know if those policies will, people will be able to take them with them and at what cost. And so um, do you have any experiences in that? I know yeah, we had, uh, that, that was one of the things whenever I kind of made the leap into entrepreneurship um, and I left my corporate job it was one of the things that I didn't even think about. I didn't think about the life insurance. I mean, I, I did get something in the mail and I read it and I said, okay, I'll come back to that uh, because it expires on XYZ date. And when you and I started talking about you coming on the show, I was like, oh, I need to like re redo that and uh, find some policies for myself um, because it was something that I just kind of put on the back burner and didn't worry about. And I said, you know, this was a kind of a Ricky mistake, so to speak, um, of procrastinating, procrastinating and not doing something to make sure that my assets were protected and, and that kind of thing. So it is really easy to do when your insurance, your life insurance is wrapped in with your employer. Absolutely. And we saw it, uh, you're one of many, you know, during, especially during the pandemic of so many people getting laid off and um, all of a sudden all that stuff gets real, right? Where you're, you know, in that situation, the things that right. you never thought of, right? And then, and then you're there. And that's why we kind of want families to have that outside. That way, you know, they don't have to, to stress or worry about any of that um, as right. well. So, And once you get it situated, it's really easy to manage. But it's just making sure that you, you know, tick those boxes, especially if you leave an employer and don't go to another one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's, let's jump into the third one. And so the third money milestone is create an emergency fund. You know, so we never know what's around the corner. Right. And, right. and again, right. we've experienced a lot of that this, this last year and a half. Right. And so we all face these, unex, you know, kind of unexpected financial hits and you want to have a designated amount of money to help you kind of recover from these maybe unforeseen expenses uh, without depleting all of your savings. And then this gives you a little bit of breathing room, right? In case of maybe missed work or uh, medical bills or, you know, appliance breaks, right? That we all experience. 
Uh, and if you're currently living paycheck to paycheck, and you know, we have a lot of Americans um, uh, today, I think I read a study and it was um, even during the pandemic, it was most people had uh, no more than like 400 in emergency fund, right? And right. so, um, uh, but what I would recommend is start by making your kind of your first goal. And so, uh, you know, this first goal being, if you've never done it and you're paycheck to paycheck, you know, figure out what it takes to, to maybe run your, your expenses on a weekly basis, uh, or mm -hmm. even if you need to do it on a monthly and then divide it by four. But, but, you know, that first goal is to, to save a week. So if you, you know, whatever you're bringing in, you know, make that your first goal, um, you know, and then once you hit that, do, you know, maybe two weeks and then build it up to a month and, and so forth. You know, obviously long-term goal is three to six months of mm -hmm. income. And really, even as we saw during the pandemic, even six months, you know, to, and some people, you know, even longer, right. But, but just st start something, right. And then, right. and then just keep building that. And it can be, you know, sometimes I get asked like kind of where to put that it can be really in a checking, saving, or a separate account. You just got to know you and put it where you won't be tempted to use it for anything but a true emergency. And so if you right. need to have it in a separate account, you don't see, right. And, you know, uh, online shopping or something doesn't tempt you, right. Uh, that's not an emergency. That's kind of right. one thing you can, you can set aside. And so. Right. And that was one of the things that we talked about was how do you, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, and it's been a long time since I think either one of us have lived, you know, it, but we have, and we can do mm -hmm. it again. Um, you know, how do you start live, you know, finding these small amounts to put into that savings account. And one of the things that I used to do was I used to do couponing, which now you can clip it, uh, electronically and have them. And I would make it a game and whatever I saved would then go into the savings account versus being spent. Um, what are some other ways that they could um, find those small dollars and a little bit of change here and there to start building up? Yeah, absolutely. I Really, I think a lot of it comes down to habits. And so some people have in their life done a budget. And I've sat down with a lot of people that have never done a budget, right? And so I think the best way to know where your money is going is to track it. And so mm -hmm. really you'd be shocked sometimes on how much is going out here and there. Right. And a lot of times it's, I think one of the biggies is, is coffee, to be honest. And, um, and I'm not saying like, you got to give up all these things you love, but, but just know that maybe you, you know, you, you just cut back maybe you go get coffee two days a week versus five days or, you know, every other day or, um, but a, there's a lot of, uh, the biggest things I have found in over the years where a lot of money can be freed up, it's, it's in food. So a lot of, uh, you know, uh, restaurant spending and, mm -hmm. um, a lot of entertainment, you know what I mean? And those type of things that usually with just a few tweaks, you'd be shocked at how much, and, and again, you could still go out to eat, just maybe reduce it. Instead of going out four times a month, you go out three or two, you know, and you'd be shocked at how much, uh, the hundreds of dollars add up. Right. So I'd say, I'd say really in, in just tracking your, your daily habits on kind of where it's going will open your eyes to you personally kind of uh, evaluating, you know, kind of where those expenses are. Yeah. With my clients, I usually call it, where's the leak? Yes. And a lot well of times um, it's what I found was a lot of times it's service station Cokes or I shouldn't say uh, Cokes, but mm -hmm. sodas. Um, so 
just those little incidentals that maybe a dollar here, a dollar there. And when they actually would sit down and track their money and how much they spent over a week and exactly what it was, everything they spent money on, they would be like, I didn't realize how much those gas station stops were costing me. I'm so glad you said that one too. Yeah, that's that's a huge one. Because like you said, mm-hmm. it's running and grabbing those sodas. And before you know it, like you said, that's 30, 60, 90 bucks a month. Exactly. It, it, it adds could, up quick. Which could be, you know, easily your uh, savings. If Absolutely. You're going, yeah. So See, one, yeah. one other thing real quick, you know, I had, um, we had talked about was um, finding a, a buddy, like an accountability partner. Yeah. Um, for some of those, you know, where maybe you post on the fridge, you know, my goal to save a thousand or whatever the case is, or my first week's, you know, goal of, a, you know, make it fun, you know, find somebody, uh, I think all of us in our life, if we've had a, you know, a, a gym accountability partner or those yeah. types of things have, have really helped. And so I would suggest really taking the time and find somebody to do it with. Right. And, and then that Absolutely. way it makes it a little bit more fun. And it is because you generally have one week that you're like, oh, well, I would like to go out to eat, you know, a lot. And then your accountability person says, you know, hey, that's not getting you where you need to go. So Mm -hmm. they're keeping you on track and lovingly putting the bumpers back on for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Find someone that knows your weaknesses. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And who are honest (laughs) enough to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll jump into the to the fourth one here, which is really debt management. And so, uh, you know, debt in our society right now is really a crisis, right? It's a it's a pandemic in itself. And so, yes. um, you know, let me ask you, Melissa, what you know, what what would you say it feel like just to wake up and you know not owe anyone a cent? What do you think that would I, feel like for well, most people? Well, I know exactly how that feels because when I moved to Florida. When I got divorced, I was like, I I got a, uh, I had almost had a huge salary in DC, moved down here and had like, not the huge salary. It was actually below what I started right out of college at. So I had the debt for the large salary and an income that was right out of college or like high school level when I first moved here. Um, just because the economy was so different. So I was $50,000 in debt. And so I worked really, really hard. And it took me probably six years to dig myself out of that hole. Wow. And so it was, yeah. So in the day that I paid the last payment, I slept so well. Oh, I bet. I bet you slept just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic feeling. And so for all of the people out there that are really struggling with that, um, it's doable. You can dig yourself out of it and you can pay everything off and find ways to do it. It's just, you have to be creative. So couponing and not eating and cooking for myself were huge pieces of that. Absolutely. And like you were saying, I think it's important as you shared, you know, really to visualize that end result, right, of, of what that would feel like, because that will help us stay engaged, right, of, um, of being able to, to do that, right? Uh, one thing I want to mention is I would recommend starting with the emergency fund 
and making all your minimum payments on the debt, right? But start building up that emergency fund, you know, make sure nothing's late. Mm -hmm. And uh, because what I found is some people focus on the debt first before building the emergency fund. Then when another emergency comes up, what ends up happening is things go back on credit card with interest. And then that cycle continues and they feel like they're really kind of never going to get out of that debt. And so that's one thing in order wise, I would recommend, uh, you know, starting with that first kind of building that emergency fund up. And then uh, from that, then starting to look at the debt and I'll, I'll go over some um, tips on how to get out of that debt here in a moment. Are we still? Yeah. And um, so definitely uh, I think the emergency fund that was critical, that was a critical piece for me as I was getting out. So then we had, you know, I, I, if my car broke down or if I had some unexpected expense or the light bill was a little higher than it, than anticipated, uh, as it can be sometimes in Florida, um, then I, you know, I had that backup so I didn't have to, you know, shuffle money around and then use the credit card to pay for basic essentials and things that were expendable. Exactly. You know, things that were just use, you know, one use one use items. For sure. And I think the key, and, and it's amazing what you've, what you're able to accomplish is really just taking responsibility, kind of facing it head on. And then, you know, again, getting that accountability and, um, and really come up yeah. with a strategy and, and working with someone, a financial professional to, to kind of help. And I think we'll, we're going to go yeah. over some tips. Afterwards. Yeah. So um, after we come back from our break, um, we'll talk about these tips and then we'll go over the other milestones. How does that sound? Sounds great. great. So right after our break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting DrMelissaLStrasser.com. Now back to the show. So welcome back to Counterbalance Conversations. We are here with Stacy Phillips, and we were talking about seven um, strategies and milestones for financial uh, security. So Stacy, you were talking about debt management whenever we mm-hmm. uh, left for break. So let's talk a little bit more about, uh, let's talk about how they can start walk, um, uh, paying down those debts that they have or those credit cards or the bills. So let's talk yeah. about some of those strategies you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll hopefully provide some tips for you guys. So, uh, you know, one recommendation I would have is know what you owe. Okay. No matter how hard it is to face it, right. I would recommend getting out a piece of paper, go old school, or, or I guess you could type it, but just make yeah. a list of all your, your debts. And so whether it be credit card debt or student loan debt, or just really make a list of those debts, then, then I would look up what you owe on them. So what's the balance of the debt, then mm-hmm. also find out what the interest rate is on that debt. And, mm-hmm. and then what's the minimum monthly payment? So those would be kind of the few things, the balance, uh, yeah. the interest rate, and then the monthly payment. Then once you've listed out those, those debts, there's kind of two ways to tackle it. And this is where you kind of got to know yourself, right? So one of, one of those ways is to go from smallage, like, or sorry, small, smallest to largest as far as the balances, yeah. or you can go from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate which might save you some money. But what I found is a lot of people need that instant gratification, right? So right. Um, what I would suggest is, you know, when, you, when you're looking at your expenses, like we, like we had talked about before, really kind of tracking where your money's going, you want to, uh, you know, make sure uh, those other things are getting managed and then devote that extra money to paying off. Let's say you pick the smallest amount first to tackle. So you're going to, you're going to pay all your minimums on all your other cards. And then whichever one you're going to tackle first, you're going to anything that's extra, you're going to dump to that card. Then once Mm -hmm. that one's paid off, we call the snow snowball kind of method. Once that one's paid off, then you move to the next card until you're completely debt free. And if you don't mind sharing, I know you had said, you know, you got out of 50 K in debt, which is just remarkable. What strategy did you use? How did you get out of your debt? I actually started out trying because at the time I had um, just moved out of my role as a financial educator. Um, and later on, I went back into the same role with um, down here in Florida. But I had just come out with a, and said, well, I'll do the highest interest rate first because I have a lot of discipline. I found that I did not have the staying power and I did not have as much discipline as I thought I did. So I started exactly what you're talking about, Stacey. I did my lowest uh, credit cards first and I paid it off. And so say that was a $20 $20 minimum payment um, and I was paying $100 on a $200 card and in two months it was paid off. Then I was able to roll that $100 in yes. and attach that $100 to 
the next minimum payment. So the minimum payment for the next one was say 50 bucks Mm -hmm. as the minimum payment. And then I'd put that hundred dollars with that 50. So then I was paying 150 versus 50 paid that down and so on and so forth. And what I found is, man, I had a lot more disposable income than I thought when I really dug deep and said, you know, I really want to get this paid off because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not enjoying my life. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just takes over your mind. So working through, as I started seeing that progress, my confidence level, I wasn't worried all the time. So there was a lot of things that, um, as I did that, Absolutely. Uh, so I was able to pay it off. I was, I had, you know, some mortgage things. I had just a lot of little things that kind of comes along with moving and, uh, resetting a household and those kind of things. So it was Absolutely. difficult. And then appliances would break and you're like, Oh, and then you'd have to reset. Then I had to reset my, uh, my, um, emergency fund again. So you have to kind of plan mm-hmm. for that too, and just understand that you may have some setbacks. Absolutely. No, that's a great real life story, right? As far as how it, you know, we have a plan, right? And then how it really works out, but it's incredible what you were able to yeah. accomplish to yeah. get that so sometimes, paid off. So. Yeah. So sometimes it would be a hot water heater went and you had to use all your, all the savings, right? So I had mm-hmm. to use all the savings to replace a hot water heater, well, okay, I had it in savings. It didn't go on a credit card, but now I had a delay because I had to reset my um, backup plan, so to speak. No, absolutely. My emergency fund. Yep. Yeah. So true. All right. Well, let's jump into number five, money milestone, and that is increase cash flow. So more money cannot fix bad spending habits. So- Let me repeat that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me read. I think that one's worth repeating. So more money can't fix bad spending habits. You said online shopping, right? I said online shopping. (laughs) Yes, it's one thing I've learned in our industry um, too is, you know, really to kind of never assume where people are, right? So sometimes we think, you know, more money means, you know, we're going to be better off. And that could just mean you're broke at a higher level too. Right. And so I yes. would always recommend like it all, it all goes back to tracking those expenses and really mm-hmm. managing, examining, kind of reducing where you can, I guess we could have said online shopping earlier in the program, right. On one way to, to get some emergency funds built, right. And get out of debt faster is, is the, is the online spending. Right. Right. And, um, but, but the reason why I say that, and again, why you, why it's a habit thing to change first is then when you get a side gig or, you know, if you, if you want to speed up the process of getting out of debt and building those emergency funds, uh, maybe you pick up some, you know, overtime uh, and, and a lot of those things, if you've developed the habits, well, now what happens is, is that as that extra money comes in, you're putting that towards that emergency fund that grows quicker and you're getting out of debt faster. But if you continue with bad spending habits, those things don't get accomplished. Right. And so I think that's, right that's a big key when, when you're looking at increasing cash flow is, you know, not fooling yourself and, and really figuring out where those bad spending habits lie within yourself and, and making those adjustments. So when that extra, you know, like I said, if you, if you want to speed up the process, cause for a lot of people, they do, you know, they're looking at it like, okay, I, even if I get good, like where you're like, okay, I've got my budget, I'm doing good. I've, I've cut back on these things. 
you might still look at your debt and go, my gosh, it's going to take me 10 years to get out of it. Right. And so that might be overwhelming. So you're like, okay, well, if I pick up a little extra work or, you know, um, start a business or do something, you know, pick, you know, whatever that is. And what ends up happening is that just speeds everything up if you can fix those bad spending habits. So. Right. And I mean, a lot of times if you, if, you're making more money. So you may get that promotion. You may get that, you know, you may double your salary. And if you have like this fortunate windfall of, oh, well, I get this next level job, or maybe you graduated with your master's degree and were able to change jobs and get, you know, a significant amount of money raised. If you don't have good, good spending habits and you don't have good money management education under your belt, Mm-hmm. You're not, you're going to spend the same way you spent when you were, you know, just over broke. Yeah. And then, and, and then uh, what ends up happening, you're, you're even almost in a worse position because now you have more expenses and you got to kind of keep up with that too, because now you have maybe a more expensive car or whatever. Exactly. You know, now you've increased all these bills and then now you're forced in essence to kind of have to keep up with the Joneses on that stuff. And it can be exhausting. And so really kind of, you know, reevaluating what your priorities are on that and and making some adjustments. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. We're not saying don't enjoy your life. We're just saying, you know, just be mindful of your um, spending habits and what you're doing. Of course. And that's what I was saying too, with, you know, if if you love eating out, maybe it's just, you're still doing that. But like I said, maybe doing it instead of four times, maybe it's three or two or Cause you're mm-hmm. right. We're not promised tomorrow. And so you got to find that balance of how to live sure. today and enjoy your life and also take care of your well-being long-term uh, because finances do play, you know, they can play a stressor on, um, on people as well. So, yes. All right. So we got two to go. We're almost there. All right. Um, so the, the number six money milestone is, is really has to do with building your wealth. Okay. And if you were to talk to seniors, and I think we could take a lot of lessons from them right now, you know, one of the, their greatest fears right now is, is not dying, it's running out of money, okay? And so if we know that, and there's a lot of seniors struggling with that, then, you know, we got to kind of take that as a, as a lesson to maybe, depending on how old we are, you know, maybe reprioritizing some of that as well. Um, and so there's never a good time. I think it's kind of a myth that wealth is something you know, you'll, you'll start building when you have the money. Uh, really that's, you know, kind of got to change your mindset on that. And uh, so it, it usually sounds something like, you know, I'll start saving after I get that raise or, you know, when the kids are, you know, off to college or I'll start saving or I'll buckle down. And, and really it becomes kind of this, this loop of um, spending too much and saving too little cycle. And so mm-hmm. where the wealthy on the other hand, if you study what the wealthy do, uh, they pay themselves first. And so, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before, you know, pay yourself yes, first, absolutely. but, uh, you know, that's a huge part of it. So really when you, what that means is when you go to budget, you know, you, you, uh, save first, then pay your bills. And then whatever's left over can be spent on, you know, on those things you enjoy. And so really taking the time to prioritize the necessities, of the future over kind of these impulse buys, right. Of the present sometimes. And so for, um, you know, for many who have saved maybe a a little bit, uh, you know, it, it, that one, this, this milestone can definitely seem overwhelming. Uh, and so again, this is one I would really recommend, uh, you know, sitting with a licensed professional, 
uh, because there's some, you know, things like inflation and taxation and, you know, a lot of different things that come into play with this one. And so you want to make sure your money's in the best vehicle for you, right? And that could be different. Again, maybe where someone puts their money at 20, 40, 60 could be completely different places. And so, um, but the biggest thing for this one that, that is in our control is, is, is to really to stop the procrastination. Because uh, unfortunately, when it comes to building wealth, the longer we wait, actually, the more time it takes to catch up. So we're actually making the problem worse, you know, obviously, yeah. um, by waiting. Yes. All right. So let's jump into our last one. Uh, I think we're doing good on time. So good on time. Uh, let's, so we're, let's jump into the seventh one. So the last money milestone that's protect your wealth. And so what that one uh, really has to do with is what we call uh, estate plans. Uh, some people know those as wills and trusts. And so I think all of us, uh, you know, at one point maybe heard of like when Prince passed or Aretha Franklin passed, you know, both worth, you know, tons of millions, right? Mm -hmm. Neither of them mm -hmm. had an estate plan. And so sometimes I think people think like, oh, only the wealthy set up estate plans or I don't need an estate plan. I don't have a lot of things yet. It's uh, built up yet, but. But really, um, you know, when you think of, of even people, you know, with, they had a lot of wealth, you know, Prince and, and Aretha sure. Franklin, and they left those families in, in legal messes. And I don't know about you, and, or maybe you can think of a story or two, but, you know, when it comes to money and inheritances, uh, usually families, you know, it's, it's a not challenge. a, a cool yeah, it's not a kumbaya meeting, right? <laughs> Usually, right. unfortunately, it can bring out, you know, kind of the worst in people sometimes. And so now you have, you know, grief and people fighting over over money and it uh, gets ugly and a lot of it ends up going to the attorneys, right? And it's just a lot of uh, additional stress um, that can mm -hmm. happen. So I think most of us <laughs> by I now think... in our life, right, know a few stories of things gone oh. bad, right? Right. Yeah. Let's not air dirty laundry, but yes, yeah. there is. And I think with all of us that are listening probably have a story or two, whether it's ours or a friend who Absolutely. they've seen that happen. So how do they protect themselves from that, Stacy? Yeah. Great question. So really an estate is made up of everything that belongs to you. So let me give you some examples that that's your house, uh, car, furniture, your, your bank accounts, your life insurance, uh, your personal possessions might be, you know, heirlooms or jewelry or what, you know, all those different things. So an estate plan is how you kind of protect that wealth in your family if you die or become incapacitated. And I think we forget that part too, that, you know, we had, you know, we saw it during the pandemic where people might've been in a coma or, or really just not healthy enough to make decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though they're still alive. And so really what it is, it's a set of documents and it's um, really to protect your wealth, uh, to protect your family. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's putting these documents together. And if we don't put those documents together, what typically happens when we pass is a court of law typically decides how our property is going to be distributed and maybe who will be you know, your, your children's guardians in essence. And that process is what's called probate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, it, it can be a long process. Uh, it's usually expensive and it may or may not be what you would have wanted. Right. And so, you know, that's one thing that, that we recommend and, and attorneys have the ability to help with that. I think a lot of people think it costs, you know, a ridiculous amount to put together and it really doesn't, you know? And so, um, this is a piece too, that, that a lot of people forget or neglect and, 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 um, 
you know, and it's one that's uh, still really important. So those are really the seven money milestones, you know, that I I recommend and and to really help you kind of put your financial kind of house in order. And, and really it's, you know, taking that responsibility and, and, and setting the stuff up for our loved ones. Cause if you ask most people what's important to them in their life, they'll say their family, you know, right. and I don't think it's, it's by that. It's not because they don't love their family that, that they don't get this stuff set up. I think a lot of people are just kind of, like I said, feel paralyzed. They're not sure how to do it. They get overwhelmed. They go grab an ice cream out of the freezer and sit on the couch, right? Cause it's just, right. it's too much. And so well, it is very overwhelming if you don't have kind of that insider. And when I say insider, it's not insider, like only the wealthy. It's if you don't have that person who is the expert, the counselor, the financial professional, um, they can help you navigate some of this. And you were never taught how to do that within your family, which I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are coming from um, a generational poverty who are maybe trying to get out of it. And uh, Ruby Payne has some great research about bridges out of poverty and how the education of individuals who are in that generational poverty, they, they don't know the rules. They go along mm-hmm. with those next levels of uh, wealth. So lower income, middle, middle class, upper class. Uh, so she talks a lot about that. And I think bringing in these milestones and exposing individuals to it, I think you're doing a great service, Stacey. Thank you. And you're right. It's, it, you know, it's a, how do we kind of stop that cycle? Right. And, and a lot of that has to do with the financial literacy and knowledge and then taking action on it. You know, that's, that's the big thing. And, you know, I do want to mention, you know, with the, with the How Money Works book, uh, you know, is the number one financial book of 2020. Yeah. And they're on pace actually to do it again in 2021. Uh, it's a super easy read. And for our listeners, Melissa, I, you know, I have about 10 or 12 extra copies at home. And so love to get those in the hands of people. So I'd, I'd be happy to send out a free book uh, to our listeners. So at the end, I'll share my email and, and they're welcome to reach out and I'll make sure they they get that book in their hands we don't want to leave no family left behind. You know what I mean? We have, you know, we will give our time to anybody. And so, you know, I love helping single moms and, and dads and, you know I mean? Just people that um, they're the most rewarding, you know what I mean? Because you know that they're working hard to break that cycle, like you're saying, and to make sure that, that their children, uh, the best advice I can give if you, if you have children is get three jars and whether you do an allowance or maybe they have um, my best friend does, um, they, they have to do their chores, but then they get, they can do jobs for hire. Right. So like, right. But, um, but get three jars and one of them, uh, is for savings. One yeah. jar is for spending and one jar is for giving back. And if you can teach them that at a, at a young age with that mindset. And so whether they get three quarters or $3 or however you want to set it up, but you know, have them put that in equal jars and, and, and really, and, and try not to teach them that. So I learned from a client, uh, their kid had saved eight bucks and they wanted to buy a toy that was 10 and they were at the store and um, the mom easily was going to kind of give their kid the extra two bucks. And she said, no, like I'm going to teach my kid debt that way. So they left the store right. and was like, no, you got to wait till you earn two more dollars and then we'll go back and buy that toy. And I thought, man, that's incredible. You know what I mean? Just these little things yeah. that were, you know, we, they seem little, but they make all the difference because our society has failed getting this information out there. 
you know, and I think yeah. part of that's by design. And so we really do need to, to teach our children and, and um, learn ourselves. And like I said, take care of it so we can teach our children and, and stop this cycle of uh, people staying in poverty. Absolutely. I mean, I was uh, taught by my grandmother about money in like much the same, same way that you're talking about. I mean, yes, I had a lot of, you know, advantages as well from her, but it was also, this is how money works. This is what a checkbook is. I went to her with, to the bank at that time, checkbook bank, Mm -hmm. savings account, the savings book, all of those things, um, had an account that had, um, money that was put into it every Christmas, like $25, $50 instead of it being in a Christmas card or on a gift card that I could use to spend. There was always a little note that says I deposit X number of dollars into your savings account. So even through gifting, there was a lesson in savings with it. And then when I turned 18, I was able to access that money. Um, Also, you know, teaching, my grandfather would teach me about um, the value of membership at a credit union, because back then, if you wanted to be in a credit union, it was say a shipbuilder's credit union. And the shipbuilder's credit union was this person has an account and they sponsored you in. It's not like we can do now and, and go to it. There had to be somebody to sponsor. So there was also an education around affiliation as well. So, I mean, I was very fortunate to have that accessibility, but right now we've got just a few minutes until closing. And I would love if there is any three things that, um, you would like to leave two or three things you would like to leave the audience with. Sure. Yeah. I'd be glad to, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in life is believing we have time, you know, when tomorrow is not promised. And so really, I think the only way to kind of get from being, you know, stuck in it. And yeah, in essence, it's actually do what scares us the most. And so um, look over these seven money milestones, maybe figure out which one needs attention first. I would recommend setting a date and then reach out to a financial professional and make it happen. I realize, again, some of us can be overwhelming, but one step at a time, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and then lastly, please reach out if you have questions. You know, I I realize everyone's situation is different. I'd be happy to help any way I can. So if you don't have a financial professional, uh, you know, we have offices all over the U.S. and I'd be happy to get you in touch with someone or, or help myself. Uh, and I can be reached at, I'll give you guys my email. It's Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, period, Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And it's at howmoneyworks.com. So that's H-O-W-M-O-N-E-Y w-o-r-k-s.com and i believe in my bio on counterbalance conversation i'll have my information posted as well so reach out don't stay stuck we'll be glad to help any way we can yes absolutely and um thank you so much stacy for sharing your knowledge and for anyone who is listening who would like to reach uh, out to stacy you can go to the voice america counterbalance host page for this particular episode and you can re-listen to the episode uh, you can re- you can listen again on any of your podcast players uh, that you find, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, or the Voice America app. Um, and Stacy on the Voice America app, Stacy's email is in her bio. 
And Stacy, did you want them to reach out to you to receive a copy of the book? The first? Yes, please. While supplies last? That's right. I got about 12 of them on me. So first 12. Okay, perfect. And it's a great book. Um, and I would, um, and if there's any questions that you have for me, have for Stacy, um, you can also reach me through counterbalancecoach um, at gmail.com, counterbalancecoach on Facebook, counterbalancecoach on Instagram as well. And we will be, and I'll be happy to put you in touch with Stacy, answer any questions that you might have about um, financial financial matters. If it's something that I can't answer from a counseling standpoint, I can refer you back to Stacy for something that requires a license. And um, so I wanted to thank everyone for joining us tonight. I know we've got a couple of minutes left in the show. Stacy, is there anything else that you would want to leave the audience with or say as it, we're getting ready to close? Just thank you for the opportunity. We'd love to help any way we can. So Sure, absolutely. And next week, we are going to be joined by Meg Nossero. And uh, we're going to be talking about her book, Butterfly Awakens. And that's a memoir about transformation through grief. And I had a great chat with her yesterday. And uh, Stacy and I were talking about it. And I think it's gonna be a really fantastic conversation. So we're looking forward to having uh, Meg on next week. And thank you so much, Stacy. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your knowledge and sharing it with me on a personal level. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining us on Counterbalance Conversations. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, for another inspiring program next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, do something that stands out this week. Make a change. Be the counterbalance.